Hey! You went so quick, we didn't even wait a second to say hello. (laughs) You were, like, hesitating, (laughs) and I just... You went. I went. The second the recorder button turned on. I was... I'm so excited for this episode. Anyway, we didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Savannah. I'm Delaney. And this is the Crime Chronicles. Woohoo! That went higher (laughs) than I expected. That was like a train. Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. Um... Today is the twelfth episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Thank you. (laughs) I always, every time I'm publishing these, it asks me to like put a like what episode it is, and then I have to exit out of the episode (laughs) to check because I always forget. (laughs) Same. Because I don't know. I don't know what what we're doing. I don't know what's going on. I'm just really (laughs) excited about like this series that we're about to get into today. So yeah, I'll ex- I'll explain <gasps> that quick and then we have some announcements going on in the true crime world that we like, there's talk a about. shit there's a going lot on. of stuff going on. So yeah. um today we will be exploring the first of three parts of Ted Bundy. I'm so, so excited everyone. I'm pretty sure everyone has heard of Ted Bundy. This is a very you know, well known case. I thought that and then I talked some... to someone, and they were like, you know, like, that guy, he kind of, like, murdered some people. And I was like, like murdered women? And they were like, oh, is that his name? I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> the most known serial killers to me, like, Ted Bundy's at the top of that list. Yeah, same. Like, there's, like, it's like most Ted notorious. Bundy, Zodiac Killer, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, like yeah, BTK. It's, like, those are up there, you know? Like, people know about them. Or at but least that's what I thought. today we're going to take more of a deep dive. Yeah. But if you're in the true crime world, you'll definitely know what Ted Bundy is. And we're gonna, like, go through, like, so much. So, yeah, today I'm we will so excited. just be covering his, like, childhood and early formative adult years. So, right up until his killing spree began. So, everything from when he was born until right before his killing spree began. Because the second episode, we will be covering all of his murders and all of that. And then the last episode, we'll be covering um, the conviction, conve- confessions, all this stuff. Um, kind of like his time spent in jail. I'm so excited, everyone. So, I don't think you understand. <laughs> we watched um, Extremely Wicked, Wicked, Shockingly <laughs> Evil, and Vile. There's and a dog barking. It's Maybe. one of my favorite movies because it's it's so interesting. So it's about Ted Bundy, um, kind of told the, from the perspective of his longtime girlfriend. And it's directed by Joe Berlinger. We love, we love Joe, him. We love Joe Berlinger in this house. His directing is amazing. I recently watched Joe Berlinger's um, John Wayne Gacy tapes. And yeah. now I really want to do John Wayne Gacy. But <laughs> I have to give like a little room between Ted Bundy. Yeah, because we're going to go into John Wayne Gacy. Because <laughs> he's gonna, a whole It's going to be too. a lot. But yeah, so, so um, we're really we watched excited. that movie together. And I was planning on doing the Ted Bundy case already. And we've been talking about it for like weeks. Because... That movie is so interesting, and like yeah. we wanted to get into so and much of the stuff that was going like, on. And we wanted to already like discuss everything, and we were like, "But we can't, but we can't yet <laughs> because we have to do it on the podcast." <laughs> Anyways, so, so that's what so, yeah. today is going to be. Yeah. So but before we get into that, yeah, we have a lot of things going on in the true crime world. Yes. Um. So Delaney has all those pulled up. I so. do. Woo. Okay. So <laughs> another fairly well-known case for people who are into true crime, like it's not as like well-known as Ted Bundy or anything, mm-hmm. but is the disappearance of Madeline McCann. And recently, Christian Bruckner, Bruckner, Bruckner. I would say Bruckner. That's I saw. I yeah, that. Bruckner was named as an official suspect in her disappearance, which is like never happened in her case before, and she disappeared yes. in two thousand seven. He's, so it's, it's been a while. Yeah. She According, would be 17 or 18 now? 18. 18. 
So according to kind of like the source I got this from, and we got it from True Crime Record because we love them. Shout so out. Shout out. Um, so he is currently in prison in Germany for an attack. Um, but that hap- that ended up happening 18 months before M- Madeline was abducted. Uh, 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 abducted. And so there are just some different things against him. And they believe that an arrest, I just lost my place, (laughs) an arrest could follow the naming of Bruckner as an official suspect. So, he's being questioned. And um, I think just kind of something sad about this case is that it's it's been a long time. It's been so long. And Kate and Jerry McCann, her parents, are said to be interested in the new developments, but they still remain hopeful of finding Madeline alive. Which, Which to me is not a very, like, that's not an outcome that I'm going to be expecting. I mean, that's awful and, like, it's horrible and And you never want to assume that someone you love, especially your own child, is is dead. dead. But, like, it's been so long. Especially with children cases, like, children's disappearances, it's, like, first 24 hours or, like, really the the only time you're gonna find them alive. Like, there are very few cases where... They're kept alive for, for like, years. Like, like, decades. Well, like, months, even. Like, it's yeah. days. Like, it's... I don't think that's gonna be the outcome of this, which is very unfortunate, but... I'm, I'm glad, glad there's a suspect. I'm glad there's a suspect, and I'm glad there will hopefully be closure for her family, at least. Yes. Like, I really, really hope that she is returned alive and safe, and, like... But, I don't know... I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think that's gonna happen. And I feel bad for her parents, because that's just another wave of grief they're gonna have to go through. Exactly. Because it's, like, not knowing is a whole other... Like, experience than knowing and having to, like, process that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, moving on from that. That was... That was number one. (laughs) Number one. And then the second thing we wanted to talk about briefly is the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. I'm not gonna go into a ton of it, um, because I actually do want to cover it eventually. It's a case. That I listen to on Morbid, and it's, like, one of my favorite Of course, Morbid. Shout out to Morbid. We love Love them. Oh, my God. Um, But these murders of these three Girl Scouts have been solved. So just, like, a brief synopsis for people who don't know the case. These three girls were at this um, camp in Oklahoma. It was a Girl Scout camp. And they were alone in a tent, and when everyone else woke up that morning, they were all murdered. And there's, like, a lot more that goes into it than <laughs> That's that. very brief it's overview. It's very, very brief overview. There's, like, logistics and stuff. But there has been, finally, closure in that case because it's remained unsolved for years. It's, like, it's been a... It's been, like, over... It's, like, multiple, yeah, multiple, multiple decades. De- de- multiple decades. It happened <laughs> in, like, the, the 70s. Year. Hold on, let me look it up. It happened in 1977. I have it. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, Jean Leroy Hart uh, was tried and acquitted for the murders of the three in 1979 and has now been connected to the crimes by DNA and is considered the likely killer. Okay. So, that's kind of something. Yeah. Kind of. Interesting. Closure for that case. Closure for that case. Interesting that they found a killer, especially for, like, after a long time. A long time, time, especially with DNA evidence because that deteriorates really rapidly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad there's closure in that case, because I remember 
listening to that morbid episode, like, kind of late at night and freaking myself out. Yeah. Because, like, I was younger when I listened to that case. Like, not that much younger, but, like, I hadn't heard as much of it. And then I, like, went to bed right after I listened to it. Not a good idea. Because <laughs> then I was like, what if he's coming for me? <laughs> was... Yeah. Yeah, so that was the second thing, and then I think Savannah has the So, yeah, this third. is, um, it's crazy what's happening right now. So, Casey White... Um, he was a capital, a convicted capital murderer, and in Evansville, or wait, hold on, (laughs) Alabama, There we go. Yep, 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 that was fine. Two different things. So, in Alabama, Casey White supposedly just, like, escaped a prison, and along with Vicky White, who, they're not related, but she was, like, a prison guard, and... She was about to retire that very same week, I believe. Oh, interesting. And I don't know a whole ton about this, but, like, both of them, um, Casey White disappeared and Vicky White, like, disappeared with him. Um, but she had, like, an exemplary record as a prison guard. Oh. So people are kind of debating whether, like, this was, like... A runaway. Like, a love affair or something, or, like, he took her. Um, it is interesting um this is ongoing correct? yeah this is very ongoing so there's not a ton of details yet but like so we'll update you guys on this one no yeah we definitely will but it's it's very interesting um so yeah she was a corrections officer and they Hmm. say that they escaped together but like but like who knows if it was coerced or like forced or what yeah or if it was voluntary so yeah. yeah so that's something else going on three that's a lot of that's stuff. A lot of stuff going on. But yeah, yeah. so that's interesting. So, um, if you guys ever want us to like quickly cover little things that are happening, just let us know. Or um, if there's like a case you're personally connected to that you want us to like spread awareness about that's not talked about enough. Yeah, yeah. Or like we got you. A missing person, like anything. So yeah. um, we have an email contact on our Instagram and then also our DMs. So Yep. So yeah. we're always available. And that was a Fairly long intro to what we normally <laughs> yeah, that do because we had a ten lot minutes. To go over. We apologize, but I think it's important to talk about things like that, especially in cases that haven't been solved mm-hmm. in, for like years, and then there are developments. Exactly, because it's like to keep that momentum going is necessary. Our job is to spread awareness to whatever we can. That's exactly our goal. We're not just sitting here doing this. For, like, we are doing it for fun because we are genuinely This is really enjoyable. It. Like, we love doing this for you guys. But, but it's like we're also not sitting here being like, oh my god, murderers. It's important <laughs> for us to, like, communicate the problems within, like, this time. The, sis- the system. system and all. Yeah. All, all of that stuff. You guys All know. of the stuff. <laughs> it's so, yeah. in our bios and stuff everywhere. So. Yep. All right. Woo! So. No. I'm so excited. Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, without further ado, this is the first part of our Ted Bundy series. Here we go, guys. It's gonna be a, gonna be a long <laughs> Delaney one. Delaney is so excited. I'm so excited. Like, I've been talking about it all day. <laughs> okay, so Theodore Robert Bundy, originally Theodore Cowell, was born on November 24th, 1946 in Burlington, Vermont. Um, he was born to his mother, Eleanor Louise Cowell, just known as Louise, at a home for un- unwed mothers. Um, Ooh. So, he was born in Vermont, but Louise came from Philadelphia, 
And Louise's father, Sam Cowell, insisted that Louise bring the boy home to Philadelphia and raise him rather than leave him there, which was her plan. So her plan, like, was to leave him there and have him be adopted and kind of, like... Like, put into foster care. She was 22 when she gave birth to him, which isn't, like, crazy young, but she... But it's still, like, new adult. Exactly. Um, so Ted's parentage has been a subject of debate for a very long time. So it has been theorized that Ted was a product of incest between his mother and grandfather, (gasps) saying that his grandfather forcibly raped his mother multiple times. Um, his grandfather even getting very upset when people mentioned, like, Ted's father, or, like, lack thereof. Oh. Um, although Louise has always said, like, it was a soldier or, like, a war veteran who seduced her and then left. Oh. And then some people have been, like, said it's, like, a other dude, or it's, there is very much... So it's like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but the product of incest theory is very interesting. To it me. is interesting, <laughs> especially when you look at his pathology later mm-hmm. on. So, Ted verified that he learned of his true illegitimacy in 1969, where he said the father section of his birth certificate was marked unknown. So, this happened in 1969, just a short time before his known killings began, suggesting a possible trigger. Although, in um, recorded tapes, he stated that this was, quote, normal to find out at a later age. And that he wasn't bothered by it. So, he was like, (laughs) is that not, like... No, he literally, he was like... Because someone asked him about uh, someone <laughs> asked him about it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like, yeah, I found that out." And then like, it was pretty normal. Like, it's normal for people to find out they're like adopted or like they don't have like when parents you're a full at that grown age. Adult. He was like, he was very like, no, whatever, it didn't matter, it's fine. That it's normal in my mind. It could be a trigger, but it eh. it's it's interesting because he was just like, it's normal. I don't think that's very <laughs> that's like, not really not, a common occurrence. No. So it's his, like, okay. his longtime girlfriend later said that he found out when he was younger than he said, and he was upset about it and resented his mother for it. Um, Ooh. Because he's uh, apparently, according to her, he told her that his cousins would bully him about being illegitimate. And at one point he was just like, well, it's not you who's a bastard. And like, he, oh my gosh, like bastard in term of like illegitimate. Child. Yeah. Because that was a insult. Yeah. Like, especially so it's, then. it's interesting um so until he was three he was raised with the belief that his mother was really his sister although he stated he logically knew she really was his mother he just kind of was like i i knew in my mind and okay (laughs) so she was gonna like put him up for adoption but then the dad was like no come raise him so he thought that his grandfather and his grandmother were his parents until he was three years old okay that's fucked up Uh uh-huh okay so it's already off to like a from an outside glance None of this was happening to the outside world. Everyone was like, they're cool, they're fine. They're um, just kind of there. So, there were no external signs of violence, but this family had a lot of issues. So, his grandfather had an extreme temper and has said to have been violent and abusive to the family, animals around him, and co-workers. So, animals, too? Like, he would, like, beat up the, like, family dog and, like, swing cats around by their tails. Like, it was... Okay! Like, it's bad. That's interesting to me because the fact that that is, like something that is happening in his family, like, dynamic as he's growing up, maybe points to why he's so, like, cruel in his I will get into a lot of this. (laughs) Oh my god, because I want to talk about that, because harming Mm -hmm. animals is a sign of, like... Yeah. So... Okay. He was very, like, abusive and violent and, like, all this stuff, and he would... And that's Ted's only, like, 
male figure, like mm-hmm. a father figure. Well, because he believed life. he was his father until he was three. That's so insane. He was, of course, also racist and misogynistic, oh. as people like that are, specifically men. <laughs> <laughs> specifically the racist and misogynistic men, anyway. Especially of, like, the 60s and 70s, yep. because... So, Bundy later denied this, saying he had a really good relationship with him, and he, like, idolized him and respected him a lot as a man. Oh. I was like, okay, okay. honey, that's let's, not a good man to idolize. Let's not idolize him. <laughs> let's not... No. Let's not idolize the man who beats up cats and dogs. Like, uh-huh. they're animals. And humans. And humans. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> so, Anyways. his grandmother appeared to have suffered from depression and agoraphobia. Um, if you don't know what agoraphobia is, it is an intense fear of leaving one's home or being in large crowds. That probably fucked so, too. Well, she also apparently did, like, occasional electroshock therapy for depression, which is oh, a very that's... controversial kind of Ugh. treatment for depression. <laughs> so there was someone a lot of my, there was a lot of issues going on. Someone in my there. class did some research on electroshock therapy for a project we did, and it was crazy. Like yeah, that, it's, that mm, yeah, no. it's interesting. Hmm. So he's growing up real rough. So yeah, Bundy himself exhibited concerning childhood actions, such as <laughs> this is an instance that happened at least once, but supposedly more than once. Um, he would lay knives around his aunt while she was sleeping. What and just the laugh. Fuck. And she would like wake up, and this three year old would be laying knives all around her and like sliding them under the sheets and being like, ha ha. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not normal child behavior. No. <laughs> you don't slide knives at your aunt. While like, she's sleeping. kids will get into knives and they'll be like, look what I have. But they don't. They don't know. But they don't slide. The- they don't like what lay the them around. <laughs> that's like. So that supposedly don't... happened like multiple times. And then. He also exhibited violence toward animals. Um, yep, that makes sense. One of those big, one of those big three. It's like, okay, hear me out. If you have a kid and they're violent towards animals, please don't just be like, it's a kid being a kid. Yeah, it's not like a that's kid a being sign a kid. of them being like something sadistic. Yeah, like please have them talk to someone. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like not a that's good... not a good sign. It whenever I'm. I start a true crime case and I hear violence towards animals in childhood, I'm immediately like, oh, oh, <laughs> not good. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, so in 1949, Louise and Ted changed their last names to Nelson and moved oh. to Tacoma, Washington. So at this point, Ted was three years old and he had just found out that his mother was, or was his, a, sister his sister was actually, was actually his mother. Yeah. Um, was so there a reason for the name? Change? She just kind of wanted to like escape that whole like, I mean, change fair. her reputation, I think. Okay, that's fair. Um, because, like, that home. Mm. So, yeah, so now he's Theodore Nelson. Um, here in Tacoma, Washington, Louise met a man named Johnny Bundy, whom she married in 1951. Uh. Louise and Johnny went on to have four children together. Um, and although Ted was extremely against this marriage and fought about it often, even throwing, like, public fits, where apparently, I heard this from one source, so I'm not 100% sure if this is true, he would just pee his pants. Oh, and, like, scream and another yell. Another sign? Another one. That's oh, another uh-oh. one of those oh, telling signs. One? He didn't, like, pee, like, pee the bed, but, like, he would, like, still. Pull, throw tantrums and, like, yeah. I, okay, that's something that I find interesting is when people talk about, like, constant wetting of the bed and, like, childhood being a sign. I think it's either hit or miss. Like, I think that paired with other things it can be a thing, but on its own, it's not. It depends. So, yeah, Johnny legally adopted Ted, giving him his last name. Hmm. So, many who knew Ted during this time stated that they were a very normal family, they went to church every Sunday, he was involved in the community, and was overall accepted by everyone. Okay. Um, Very kind of, like, white-collar, 
Well, like, it's like people didn't really expect anything. Normal 50s, 60s. Yeah. Family. Mm-hmm. Um, so a girl who grew up with him stated that he was slightly behind in some things, never fully keeping up with other boys his age, and also developing a speech impediment. Oh, that's- I did hear about that. Like, she said he enjoyed building bear traps in the woods. Oh! Or she called them tiger traps, but obviously there's no tigers in Tacoma, Washington, so- Yeah. Um, um, where he sharpened sticks and stuck them pointy side up in a hole, then covered the hole with, like, leaves and stuff. And she said one summer, a little girl fell in one, oh my ripping god. open the entire side of her leg when she fell on the stick. Oh my god! That's very not good. <laughs> that's- that's called another warning sign. <laughs> Kids don't go. And I don't I'm think it was. Dig a hole I don't think put... it was just him though. I think other like boys in this area also but participated hair... in it. But he like very much enjoyed it. Like he did it a lot. Like I think that it's like, like little boys tend to be more apt to doing things like that than like little girls. Especially when you're raised in, raised in 1950 and like. Yeah. A, but like, like the the fact that it's paired with animal cruelty is it's like, not a good oh, it's not a good like let's maybe let's not dig holes and put pointy sticks in them so yeah let's let's absorb all that information about his childhood for a second oh good of more I'm... I will get into a little bit more later but Bundy stated in recorded tapes with the journalist about his childhood everybody's fascinated with the notion that there is cause and effect that we can put our finger on it and say yes his father beat him when he was a boy we could see it when he was a kid that's bullshit. There is nothing in my background which would lead one to believe that I was capable of committing murder. To which I say, bitch, have you looked at your life? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I was about to be like, sir? Sir, I don't think, did you live your life? Or did, did you, like, did you just like trauma block all of it? Because, like, that would make sense. Like, I understand if you did. Because, but, no. like, are you, like, are you looking at the same past that we're looking at right are, now? Are we seeing the same thing right now? You didn't grow up in, like, a fairly typical suburban home. No. <laughs> that was... You had a grandfather who you believed to be your father swinging cats and dogs around and beating up your mom. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, And it's, grandma. It's not good. It's like, not good. that's not a normal childhood, sir. No. So, again, in Tacoma, Washington, he attended high school, where he often tried out for athletics but never made it, stayed home from social gatherings, and slowly became isolated, however, did well mm. in school. So, he was described as a loner who never really dated anyone, Ted saying about this, it wasn't that I disliked women or were afraid of them. It was just that I didn't seem to have an inkling as to what to do about them. Interesting. And his, like, relationship with women, especially early on in his life, is very interesting. Yeah. And I'll talk about it a little bit. But Like, like especially when it comes to Liz. He, like, yeah. And I'll, it's, there's a lot. So he often idealized his future during this time, saying that he was going to be president and things like that. And he was going to, like, leave this town and, you know, all that I stuff. I think that isolation during like teenage formative years is really interesting and i think that that's something that maybe should be looked into because mm-hmm. i think that as humans like even if you're more introverted because like a lot of my friends are more introverted and like there's a difference between that and being like isolated like from secluded your peers. yeah, yeah. And I think there's something to be said about the toll that has on you psychologically as you're trying to figure out who you are as a person. Exactly. And I think that that might be something that played into his, like, life going forward. The way he is. Yes. So, in high school, and I wrote possibly before, but after looking into it, almost definitely before, as many reported he found his grandfather's stash in Philadelphia, Ted began to develop an obsession with dark pornography that involved rape and murder. 
Affliction oh. Bundy talked a lot about after confessing, often blaming it for his actions. <laughs> Red flag. So Red flag. Keep Red in mind, flag. when he was reading his grandfather's pornography, he was three years old or younger. Oh my god. Which is, like, r- real young. <laughs> well, because, like, that shit can fuck you up if you're, like, a teenager. Yeah, like, it's... Like, when you're three and you're barely, like, a bee. When <laughs> you're barely alive. <laughs> like, I get you've been alive for three years, but, like, from three to, like, six is when your brain is, like, learning. Well, because it's your... growing you're and developing. Like, it's... You're understanding how to be a human. Yeah, it's if not that's like what your under- very first, like, literature is... Like, that's like, a problem. That's not... Well, because it's, like, like... three years old. You talk about, like memories that you develop and you don't start developing most people don't start developing like concrete memories until they're like six because your brain is learning how to be a human exactly like between like the time you're born and six it's and so it doesn't have room for anything else like what happens when you're a child is very 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 important important. (laughs) so especially that young like yeah well because like you think about like how it affects teenagers like being subjected to that kind of content like, and it's like you're trying to learn kids. who you are. Exactly. There's a difference between that and learning how to exist. Exactly. Like, it is... Like, that's scary. That is not good. Like, at all. So, yeah. When he was older, he talked a lot about how it was, like, the reason he did it. And he was like, you'll never meet a serial killer who wasn't addicted to porn. That's insane. That's... So, yeah. I'll I've... talk about that in the Whoa. third episode, but, Yeah. So, at this time, he also became, and I wrote somewhat, but after looking into it more, an entire peeping Tom. Oh, Like, he would just good. walk past streets and, you know, look, and he was like, I wanted to see women undressing, or whatever else was available. And I was like, from you? <laughs> did you question mark? <laughs> um, guys? Not okay. So, yeah, he would, he did that a lot. Um, I think he, a lot of serial killers were bad as Toms. Yeah, or, like, sexual predators. Or they'd, like, take underwear. Yeah. From mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, he also began to commit small-scale crimes, such as shoplifting, mainly of ski equipment, and later oh. attempting to steal a car, of which he got off on a warning, and forged ski tickets. These were later oh. all expunged from his record. Because that's... he was a minor. Okay. That's int- Like, alone, you could chalk it up to Teenage Rebellion, but with everything else. Ah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to get into a case that could be his first, like, thing, although I'll talk about thing. It. <laughs> thing. So, in 1961, when Ted was 14, an eight-year-old girl named Anne-Marie Burr disappeared from her house in Tacoma on a street only a few miles away from Ted's house. Oh, no. Anne-Marie's mother felt that she had known her abductor, as she and her other daughter were in the house at the time and heard nothing, finding only a footprint and an unlocked door at the scene. She even wrote to Ted before his execution to ask for closure, but he denied his involvement. His first confirmed killing was in 1974, but some still speculate he committed acts like these in his childhood. I... So it's like... I don't know. Because well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know either, because it's like... I mean, you look at Ted Bundy, and we're going to talk about this later... But, like, through his trial, he didn't admit to anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, there's a possibility that, that that's something he wanted to keep to himself if he did do it. And I think especially because she was, like, a child and a very young child. Like, yeah. And, it was, like, his youngest victim was 12. But, like, this of. is younger. Younger. Like. Yeah. It's. It's. 
It's I an interesting know. theory to me, but then at the same time, the 60s and the 70s was when we started seeing more child abductions and seeing more... This kind of true crime revolution started happening. Yeah. It's like you think about, like, the most infamous serial killers and you get 60s, you get 70s, sometimes 80s, but, like, that era. uh Uh-huh. Because this is when it was kind of, like, a true crime Like, people started, like, almost... Like, the term serial killer didn't exist before the 1970s. So it's like, I think it's interesting, like, that con... Like, the theory that he might have started younger than we thought. So, yeah. But then again, it could have been someone else. I don't necessarily think that it was him, but I think it's important to, like, bring awareness to her case anyway. But it was also just interesting because they live so close to each other. It is. It's kind of a bit of a coincidence, especially when you take into account his, like, later crimes. Exactly. So, Ted graduated from high school in 1965, going on to attend the University of Puget Sound for one year, then transferring to the University of Washington to study Chinese, which I thought was interesting. Oh. I read that and I was just, I just did not picture you don't, that in my you brain. You don't tag Ted Bundy for the Chinese learning type. No. <laughs> so, here he met a woman named Diane Edwards, who was also known as Stephanie Brooks. It oh. kind of depends on the source, or like, she had both names. It was very confusing. Odd. I know she is the same woman. She just has two names. Two names. Diane Edwards and Stephanie Brooks. I'll be referring to her as Diane. Okay. Um, Because that's the one I heard first. So she, this one was slightly older and very classy. She was like a high upper class woman. Um, And they began to date in college Ted's first official relationship. Okay. Um, So he said he was in love with her. And although their relationship oh. lasted only a year, he was very deeply infatuated. So, okay. <laughs> she graduated college in 1968 and left for San Francisco, where Ted attempted to follow her on a Chinese scholarship to Stanford. Which, first of all, I was like, how good are you at Chinese? <laughs> uh, sir? Like, okay, I didn't even think he would learn Chinese. No, like, alone he does not seem pl- like that type. Like, eligible for a scholarship to Stanford exactly. in Chinese. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, however, for Diane, this was just a summer romance, and she was very unsure of him as a person and often suspected him of lying. So she broke up with him. This devastated Ted. And many psychologists believe that this this breakup was a breaking point in his psyche. Probably, because, like, he felt unloved most likely through his teenage years. This was, like, his first relationship, really. Mm -hmm. And, like, in high school, he said he was like, I only only went on one date for all of high school. Yeah. And, um, this was, she was, like, he was just in love with her. And... I think that that's interesting, that he was so, like, infatuated with her. And he talked about it in the recorded tapes that I'll be referring to a lot. Um, He was, like, that's where he lost his virginity, and he, like, he said, I don't remember the exact quote, but he was, like, we would mumble sweet nothings in each other's ears, and so it was, like... Oh, so he was in love. He was, like, it was intense, at least for him. Um, So, many theorized this is where his killing began, so I won't be getting into any of those suspected things right now, but like this is theorized. kind of where a lot of people are like, it's probably about then. When because was, it's a breaking point. Yeah, when he was 22. So at this time, Bundy began his stint in politics, volunteering for Republican New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller. You know what's interesting about this is I, like, I knew that Ted Bundy was, like, a part of politics, and then I um, watched Joe Berlinger's John Wayne Gacy tapes. Mm-hmm. And John Wayne Gacy was also a big part of politics. Except he was on the Democratic side. Interesting. I know! I thought that was interesting. I just thought I'd bring that up. That they were both involved in politics, which is really weird to me. 
Interesting. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Random. Tidbit. So yeah, he was volunteering for Republican New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller. Um, he was very loyal to conservative politics, stating later that he was against, or very against many riots and protests at the time, saying, I guess that labels me as somewhat of a conservative. He was not somewhat of a conservative. He, he was. was a hardcore Republican conservative man. Yeah. Especially with the way his grandfather, like, raised him. Like, yeah. no. It was... Ugh. All that racism and misogyny was coming out real hard. It was like, <laughs> um, so I don't think women should have rights. Anyway. <laughs> like, that's not somewhat of a conservative, Ted. So, yeah. It's not somewhat. That's, that's a conservative. <laughs> so, yeah. Now we're about to get into... A year. This year has so much shit happening, okay? Like, just a singular year. Just this year. 1969. 12 months. 1969. So, um, in 1969, he went back to the University of Washington to study psychology. Oh, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Didn't like that. (laughs) No, Ted, I don't want to... So, again, this same year, he met Elizabeth Kendall, as she prefers to be known, in a college bar. She has a different official name, but she prefers to be known by Elizabeth Kendall. Um, She was a single mother from Utah who worked as a secretary at the university's medical division and became Ted's longtime girlfriend. I'll talk a lot more about her later because she comes into a, like, she's a big part. And she also wrote a book. um, And she's also, like, the person from which extremely wicked, shockingly evil evil and vile is, like, based on. Yeah. So, yeah, she wrote a book called um, Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy. Um, so I yeah, love she her. was, she, lots of stuff happens with her later that I'll get into. But that's not gonna be till, like, probably during and after killings, right? So, yeah. And during this same year, this is when he said, and many others, said that he found out his true parentage, or, like, lack thereof, really. Yeah. Again, but... many sources say different things about that. This is, like, the quote-unquote official time like, he found out. Yeah. But it's, like, still, eh. So, also... You go, you're going to prepare yourself, okay? Oh, okay. I'm scared. <laughs> so, interesting. During this time, he worked at Seattle's Suicide Hotline Crisis Center. Are you- Where he talked people out of killing themselves. Are you fucking kidding me? Not even kidding. That's what his job was. And people said he was really good at it. That's- I can't even- Very unsettling. I can't even speak. That's very unsettling to me. Oh my god. I don't like it. <laughs> I like Could you, you imagine being one of those people who called the suicide hotline and then years later learned that the guy who had talked you out of killing yourself was a serial killer? Like, not- uh, And not just a serial killer, one of the most infamous like, serial, serial killers in, like, the world. <laughs> what the I just don't fuck? like that. So- Oh my god. And the fact that he studied psychology to me is so interesting- and I half wonder if that's not why later, during other shit, he, like... I'll talk about that. Yeah, I can't <laughs> talk about it yet. I want to, though. So, yeah. Um, one of his co-workers here wrote a book about her experiences with him, saying that she... He had... She... Oh, my God. Saying that she had always thought he was a kind, empathetic, and charming man. Well, that's something that's said about him a lot, is mm-hmm. that he was really charming and that no one ever suspected anything of Like, him. everyone was just like, oh, he's sweet. He's like, like oh, he's Ted. He's Ted. It's Ted. It's Ted. But now I hear the name Ted and my head's immediately like, nope, nope, nope. Like, my head whips around whenever I hear (laughs) the name Ted. I'm like, no. (laughs) It's like, I hear about people naming their kids, like, Ted or 
things like that, and I'm like, Ugh. my mom, she and I are both into like true crime and stuff, and she, she told me about this post about this woman, who her and her husband are expecting a baby, oh, and no. you told me about <laughs> this. He wanted to name their child if he was a boy, um, Theodore or Ted after his grandfather, which like oh sweet, but their last name was B-O-U-N-D-E, pronounced Bundy. <laughs> and she wouldn't. She was like, no, we cannot name our son that. And he's like, you just hate my grandfather. And it's like, no! <laughs> no! We just can't name our child after Ted Bundy. We can't, because, like, people will understand that we named him after your grandfather. They'll just be like, like, the serial killer? <laughs> like, no. And so, yeah. Anyways. It's just funny. That's unsettling. I don't like that he worked at a suicide hotline. Yeah, I found that out and I was like, uh-uh. Like, sir, go away. <laughs> Nuh-uh. So, Ted graduated from the University of Washington in 1972 with a degree in psychology. That's so weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, uh-huh. the fact that he sat through those classes and was still like, I had a normal childhood. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. How did, like, he, how did he go through and get a psychology degree in college? And go, <laughs> and was like, yep, I'm normal. Yep. I should be fine. You're not. <laughs> yeah. How you thought that. I kind of, like, didn't know who my real parents were till I was three, but I'm fine. Or, like, you know, three years ago. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. I mean, I know I didn't have a dad till three years ago. What? I don't know. My grandfather beating me up all the time and maybe raping my mother wasn't normal. I don't know. Like, But I have a degree in psychology. He, prob- he probably knew, right? He probably like, knew something Like, there's no way he didn't. Up. I just don't think he likes admitting that about himself. I think so, too, because he's a very, like, narcissistic person. He likes to blame it on other things. Like, he does. Other factors. Like, he doesn't want to say that it's his fault. And he also, I feel like, is very, um, like, almost obsessed with his own image because you see interviews of him later on and he's trying to, like, crack jokes and, like... Yeah, he's... Play it off. Kind of that charming persona that he's trying to put on again. So I think that maybe he knew... And just didn't want to Well, I think logically he knew, but he, like, didn't... Well, because also he's a really smart person. Yeah. Like, he's not... Most serial killers are, Most serial killers are... intelligent beings. Very scarily... Scarily... (laughs) Scary. (laughs) Very very scarily smart and intelligent and cunning and charming and... Because you kind of gotta be. Isn't there a quote from Ted Bundy where he says, like, you know, serial killers don't come out of the woods with yeah. their teeth I'll dripping. quote yeah. that later. Be quiet. <laughs> I love that. Not in this episode, but be shush. So, I know too much about this case. <laughs> so, immediately after graduating from college, Ted began to work for Washington Republican Governor Dan Evans. Here, he posed as a college student writing a piece on Dan Evans' opponent, recording this man's speeches, and delivering the information to the other campaign. So he was oh. essentially like a double agent, which is like... Odd. You know, little, little, little frightening. You know, maybe not do that. Like um, maybe let's not be um a little concerning already, and then add lying on top of it. So yeah, he was like a for a job double agent in politics, which is like that's <laughs> okay. something you probably don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dan Evans won the reelection, and then Ted was hired as assistant as an assistant to the chairman of the Washington State Republican Party, Ross Davis. That's so weird. So he to was me. very heavily involved with like this Republican it's politics. So side. weird to me because John Wayne Gacy was so heavily involved with the Democratic Party. That's so interesting. I know. Anyways. Hmm. So yeah, he was very into that. Um 
and in 1973, Ted recur- re- <laughs> <laughs> Try again. We got Ted this. Ted returned to college at the University of Puget Sound to study law. So Here it is. <laughs> I during- knew he studied law. Yep. During this time, he rekindled a romance with his previous girlfriend, Diane. Oh. So, I did not know this before. He was simultaneously in a relationship with Liz and Diane. Neither of the other women knew about the situation. Are you? Now, what I'm about to tell you is real fucked up. Okay. It's not, like, gory fucked up, but it's like, dude, get some help. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ted and Diane began discussing marriage... They were very heavily involved with each other, and Ted had even introduced her as his fiance on occasion. Oh my god. So they were very, like, this was going to happen. They and were... he was still dating Liz. Yep. Liz and him were on and off for a couple years, but, like, they were still in a Like, a relationship, relationship, even if it was on and off. So, you know, they're very heavily involved with each other. They're about to get married. He just ghosts her. <laughs> <laughs> he, no calls. No letters, no speaking, and when she finally reached him and asked him, like, what the hell, he was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Stephanie, and hung up the phone. Manipulation! He stated that he planned this entire thing the entire time, saying it was revenge for their previous breakup. Oh my... What? He said he, quote, just wanted to prove he could marry her. He was like, I could have married her if I wanted to. I think that's something else about his That is very, like, sadistic and, like, sociopathic to me. Well, because also you see it in his life where he's like, I did it because, like, I knew I could. I did it because I I wanted to prove that I could. Like, even through his trial later on, you'll see he's like, I can get away with it. Like, I just want to do it because I can. Yeah. Like, so that to me is, like, real fucked up. Like, what the hell? Going into a relationship with that expectation that, like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be revenge because she broke up with me when I was, like, and maybe was, 18 or and 19. And he was able to hide that intention from her. Mm-hmm. And also keep time. that going while dating another woman. Like, that's not right. Like, that's not normal. People aren't- people shouldn't be able to lie that much. No, it shouldn't- Lying like that shouldn't come very easily to you. Like, you see it. Like, people can- like, people who can lie, but if they're, like, lying about a thing as big as that, it's- It's It's not. gonna come out. So, yeah. Oh my god. That's- yeah. How did I not know that about him? I didn't know that either. Anyway. So, he had now begun to repeatedly skip classes at law school. He was barely attending. Oh. And this is where his kill streak begins. Official reported. Oh, official, yes. And that's it for part one. Oh my god, I want to keep going. (laughs) Oh no! Like, I get why you're ending it, but it's like, for if you guys don't, if you guys are also sitting there like, why? It's because we don't want to, like, start talking about the victims and then, like, have to cut it off part Because, like, this episode is going to be, like, a little short. Like, right now we're 40, almost 43 minutes, but, like, yeah, it's... And normally we try to get our episodes to, like, one hour at least. Or, like, 50 Or, like, some, something like that. And I just didn't want to, like, go into, like, some of his the killing streak and then, like, have to, like, cut it off because at it's an awkward like, time. I think so. it's also, like, important that we keep the victims, like, together. Because, like, if, for example, someone watched, like, listened to this episode and then didn't listen to the next or something like yeah. that. It's, it's, it's a lot more efficient. 
So yeah, yeah, that was... And it just logically makes more sense. Yeah, that was part one. That was background of Ted Bundy. There's so much more to that than I thought. No, same. Like, I thought I knew a lot about this, and, like, I did, but, like, not... Like, some of the details. Some of the stuff that I I did not know. Well, because the fact that... I think it's really interesting, and it's, like, stuck with me since you said it at the very beginning, was the fact that he grew up and watched his grandfather abuse animals and abuse other people. Uh Uh-huh. I think that that's really interesting. I think although he only lived with his grandparents until he was three, he had some, like, very formative experiences because, like... Like, in that household. Like, the mental health issues that were already going on in that family, the kind of, like, the way his grandfather was, like, very abusive, and then the pornography as well. Yes, the pornography. he was very young. He was only, like, like, from when he was born to three, but, like, that's a lot of stuff to happen, and, like... Because, like, when you think about existence, it's, like, not that much of it. No. But those are the years where you're literally being, like, there's a world! (laughs) Existing in the world for the first time. It's, like, those years are the years you're learning to walk, you're learning to talk, you're learning to understand. Like, when stuff like that happens in the first, very, very first years of your life, it's not, it's not gonna have no effect on you. Like, it's, it's gonna have... Well, because, like, shit like that has effect on teenagers. Uh-huh. Or, like, their people who lives. are, like, older, older, like, full-grown adults. Like, you yeah. can't just have that happen to a person and expect them to be perfectly fine. fine. Especially when they're that young. It's still... And it's also interesting that he knew this about himself. He's a psychology major. Uh-huh. And he's like, but I had a normal childhood. He's like, oh, it's fine. Like, you can't point to my childhood and say that that's why like, I Like, he literally was like, there's nothing in my childhood to make you think that this is something that I would have done. It's not true. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, sir. Fun fact. Let's like take a walk through your history, shall we? Fun fact. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> oh my god! And like some of the things just about him, like you see that he's already a pathological liar. Yep, he's already sadistic. There's already this stuff that is very early starting to show what kind of person he is. And it's like from a young age too. Mm-hmm. It's like. Y- a lot of serial killers tend to operate in their 20s and 30s, but when you talk about his, like, early formative years being that yeah. way, too, it's like, ooh. Not good. <laughs> not good. I'm really excited to get into the rest of it, too. So, yeah. Like, I don't want to stop. So, yeah, we apologize that this is just, like, kind of a short episode. I and mean, it's, it's not, like, crazy short. It's, it's not, not 20 minutes, short. but... It's, like, it's a decent chunk of an episode. But, yeah, it's... We just don't want to end it, like, in an awkward place. And it's, like... I feel like I'm leaving y'all hanging. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm sorry, I know you want to hear about the murders and about the trial and the convictions and, like, but it's like, if we do that, you're going to get a three-hour episode and no one wants to sit through that. Yeah, exactly. So. That's why we're splitting it. Next so yeah. episode will be a decent length. It'll be longish, yeah. Because we have to get through all the details and discussions and I like to talk a lot. <laughs> Delaney likes to talk a lot about this case. This case Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, that was part one of Ted Bundy. Yeah. Whew. Go watch it. I'm very excited to do the other two parts. I am too. I'm like, this three-part series is gonna be... Yeah. Whew! It's but gonna yeah. be a long one. I'll hit you with something light after we're done. Yeah, we kind of planned this in advance, so we're like, after Ted Bundy, let's do a refresher. <laughs> and <laughs> like, then we'll get into something else. Yeah, like, we'll get back to you after. We'll get back. While. But, so Yeah. That was part one. If you need something to do and you feel like you're left hanging, go watch Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Or our other episodes. Or our other episodes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say right. our other well, episodes. I am thinking about that movie and I yeah. love Joe Berlinger. Yeah, go and... watch that movie. 
it's like strangely a comfort movie or, and it's a or problem. like maybe wait until after i finish this podcast okay, series maybe. because it's very interesting to like think about after you well because like if learn. you know some of the details of the case and then you go in and watch it with fresh eyes it's like whoa whoa yeah so so very interesting yeah yeah hope you enjoyed um oh random we have like 400 followers on our instagram now yeah crazy thank you guys thank you so much thank like, you for like that just happened liking our posts and interacting with our content and i'm so glad we can it's like crazy give you guys stuff that you can enjoy and like yes a community hopefully like and it's like we've made such good friends like yeah exactly like, we have like and... a couple shout outs i want to do really quick um spilling the crime Love you guys. You guys are amazing. You guys amazing. are so cool. I love you. They just hit, like, 600 followers, I think. Congratulations. Um, who else? Oh, True Crime and Academia. We love them. They're we just great. We out to them this week. Yes. Um, Live, Laugh, Murder, another one. You guys are great. You guys are amazing. Most, like, most of the podcast, like, we haven't had a single negative interaction on here. No. Everyone is so supportive of each other, and, like... And it's, like... It's great. You come from, like, a... It's like we're so young compared are to most of the podcasts. We are in early high school, like, and we're interacting with like these like adults. Yeah, so <laughs> they're really nice. You guys are like mentors, so thank you guys. We love you. Um, yeah, shout outs. Yay! <laughs> and for the record, Savannah does most of the interaction on there. Like, I I'm there. You're there. I'm there. You're there. Just not as much. <laughs> Just not as much. So yeah. So, but yeah, thank yeah. you guys. If you have any. Thing. you want to tell us about this case feedback email us dm us follow our instagram comment on a post all of the stuff rate us on spotify rate us on spotify all the little things yeah all right okay we love you guys thank you bye, bye.